And we're going to talk about the spirit of a man this evening. You're in your Bibles there in Proverbs chapter number 16. We'll start there first and then go to chapter 25. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. It'll just be a few minutes, but I do believe what we have to say from God's Word will be helpful to all of us. One of the things that are really we're struggling with in this day and time is our spirit. Our spirit is easily affected by someone asked me just a few moments ago, are you, your kids, are they having cabin fever? Are they just tired of being indoors? And what he's asking is, how's their spirit? How are you doing? You know, we can ask someone, you know, how are you feeling? Boy, we can find out. You want to find out how people are doing? Go to the grocery store. Ask them. You can tell. You can tell, but they look at you. And some folks are doing okay. Other folks are definitely struggling in their spirit. The Bible's very clear about many things, but it speaks to us about the spirit of a man. It sustains his infirmities. It helps him through his problems. And the word spirit is not just an attitude. It is, has to do with just a, a will or a, a desire, a strong desire that somebody has. When someone has a strong will, they sustain a difficult times. I was telling you about Miss Esther White. She's 106 years old. And when I looked into her eyes the other day visiting her, I thought to myself, my goodness, uh, what her life has, has seen. She remembers the Depression of 1929. She, uh, she went through all the difficulties, the ebbs and flows of our country and challenges that have gone on. But uh, she has a strong spirit. She has uh, an eye that's not working for her, and her hearing is not that good, but she has a strong spirit. You know, a strong spirit sustains someone. It helps them. But what I want to talk to you about tonight is how to rule our spirit, how to govern our spirit. Now, in the book of Proverbs, there are several different kinds of spirits that are mentioned. I'll go through those quickly in just a moment. But let's look at Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 32. Proverbs 16 and verse 32. And we see much about what is said of the spirit is verses 11 or chapter 11 of Proverbs through, through uh, chapter 18. Verse number 32 says this, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth the spirit than he that taketh a city. A man who can rule his own spirit, his will, his desire, his passions, um, his, his direction, that person is better than the mighty, the Bible tells us. Let's look over, if we can, please, to Proverbs chapter 25. Can you look there with me, if you would, please? Proverbs 25, verse number 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Heavenly Father, please help me. We're just going to take a few moments to talk about this topic, but I want it to be used of you. Please help us. We're asking you to, to govern the next few moments, maybe a profitable time. I think if we could gather these truths to our hearts, we would be better Christians, better brothers, better sisters, better moms, better dads, better husbands, better wives. If we would apply these truths, better children, we could control and rule our spirit. Please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. When I think about a rule, the Bible says, let the peace of God rule your heart in the book of Colossians chapter 3. 
I enjoy playing sports. I'm sure that others of you enjoy playing sports. I like playing basketball. I enjoy playing uh, softball or baseball or uh, a football. But one thing I've learned about this, when you really matter, when a game really matters, you want an umpire. <laughs> you want a referee. Somebody who objectively look at the game, call it like they see it, and uh, make it fair. Because if it's just like, oh, he fouled me, and no, I didn't foul you. Well, you get all that stuff, and it's just it's frustrating to play with someone who's calling on their side. But when you got enough an umpire, you got a, an official there that's calling the game, he can rule the game. He can govern the game. And God's umpire for humanity is his peace. He said, I want the peace of God to rule your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But one of the things that we need desperately is God to help us with is to rule our spirit, our will, our passion, our desires, our attitude. And here the Proverbs says, and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, through the book of uh, Proverbs, and in Solomon, he says to them, he says, listen, you've got to rule. If, son, if you'll rule your spirit, you'll be better than the mighty. If you don't rule your spirit, you'll, you'll, you'll reduce your defenses. It's like a city that's broken down and doesn't have walls. He has no, no defense. You've got to learn to control yourself and control your spirit. I want to share with you a couple other spirits, and then I'm going to give you just a couple thoughts I think can help us tonight how we can control our spirit. In the book of Proverbs, there's a faithful spirit. A faithful spirit is someone, it takes a faithful spirit and a strength and a fortitude to conceal a matter. A talebearer, it tells everything. It takes really a strong, faithful fortitude to keep something in your mind without letting go out your mouth. <laughs> and so he said, a faithful spirit concealeth a matter. But a talebearer, it, it tells it all. Number two, we find in chapter, uh, chapter 14, is a hasty spirit. A hasty spirit, the Bible tells us, it exalts folly. Someone who is just uh, impulsive and hasty is what that means. It means impulsive. They just, they just do what they feel. If you do what you feel, you're going to complicate your future. <laughs> you're going to complicate your life. You're going to complicate your wife, your kids. And a hasty spirit's going to cause some trouble for you. It's going to exalt folly. It's going to create more problems. And, dear friend, if you have problems with compulsion or impulses, that you just act upon your feelings, your thinking, your desires, uh, we got some problems there. You're going to exalt folly, and it's going to get really bad. It's going to get ugly. You're going to find out your low times are going to have a basement. <laughs> Number three, a broken spirit. The Bible says sorrow of a heart, a man's spirit is broken. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The Bible says that a broken spirit is like he that dryeth the bones, chapter 15, 13, and chapter 17, verse 22. Another spirit to be aware of, and go ahead and look in your Bibles, if you would please, in chapter 16, verse 18. Let's read this spirit real quickly. 16, 18, the Bible says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. A haughty spirit. And the Bible, sometimes people say, you know, pride goeth before a fall. The, really, the Bible says a pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit, a cockiness, an arrogance, uh, a confidence that's a false confidence, it comes before a fall. I, I was looking at this, and it makes me think of a, of a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
Can you hold your place there in Proverbs and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Turn there, would you? Don't uh, just look at the uh, screen. Go ahead and turn there. Don't just listen to the radio. Turn your Bible. I think your Bible should be read. It should be marked. If you're in the habit of marking your Bible, you want to mark this verse right here. This is a good verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And the Apostle Paul is writing. He's kind of a rip-your-face-off book. He's trying to correct lots of problems in the church at Corinth. And he uses the examples of the Old Testament. Verse 7, he says, Neither be ye idolaters. And don't create a God of your own liking. Many of us, we have designed our own gods. We say, well, my God is like this. No, your God uh, that is, uh, is the God of the Bible. If he's the God of the Bible, he's already d revealed himself. You can't make him up. Well, my God would understand that. You might want to find out what he does understand, what he doesn't understand. Idolatry. He said, he said don't be like idolaters. Don't make up a God of your own, uh, of your own liking, your own creation. He says in verse number 8, Neither let us be, uh, let us commit fornication. That means to bend from original intent. A fornicator is somebody who is operating outside the bounds of marriage. The Bible's very, very uh, obvious. In Hebrews chapter 13, he tells us that marriage is honorable. The bed is undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. You want to get real miserable? Start living outside the boundaries that God has given us. And that's what happens when we do that. He said, so don't be an idolater. Don't create gods of your own liking. Don't be a, a fornicator. Don't be uh, bent out of original intent. God intended marriage, uh, intended the physical relationship to be between a man and his wife. No one else is welcome. Undefiled, just two need to be there. And the, uh, the same two. And anyone else, you're expecting and inviting the judgment of God upon you. He says, don't be like the idolaters. Don't be like those who commit fornication. The next verse, he says in verse number 9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as, they, as some tempted him and were destroyed of serpents. That right there kind of talks about negotiating the deal. <laughs> Listen, let me encourage you. Don't negotiate with God. Just obey him. <laughs> don't tempt him. Don't, don't uh, take all the slack he gives you. And here he says, don't tempt Christ. And it's interesting, he's talking about the Old Testament saints, but he's using the person of Christ. Why? Because Christ is all through our Bible here. And he said, don't, don't uh, negotiate a deal with God. Just obey him. Submit to him. Whatever he wants us to do, let's do that. And then he says in the next verse, verse number 10, neither murmur ye. Don't complain. Don't complain about things. He gives four sins. He said, listen, don't be an idolater. Don't be a, be a fornicator. He reminds them here. He says, I don't want you to negotiate a deal with me. Just obey me. And then don't complain. Don't be a murmur. It's terrible. Right now, we have lots of things that we might be able to complain about, but we have nothing to complain about in comparison to other people. And quite frankly, we have nothing to complain about at all, especially a child of God. Let's don't do that. But then I want you to look at the next verses. This is why I brought you this passage of Scripture. Verse number 10 said, don't murmur. Verse number 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples or examples to us. And they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. He said, you know what? You can learn from these people, their sins, their mistakes, so you don't make the same mistake. And uh, they're written for admonition. Now read verse 12 with me. All the boys and girls, look at it, verse 12. 
Teenagers, moms, dads, let's read it together out loud. Are you ready? Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You know what? Somebody who ignores the things of God and does things he wants to do, you know what the problem is there? He's got a haughty spirit. He's got a false confidence, a confidence in himself, not in the Lord. He's not obeying the Lord. He said, if you think you're standing, you might want to take heed lest ye fall. A haughty spirit will come before a fall. Another spirit we find is an excellent spirit. A man of understanding had an excellent spirit, 1727 in Proverbs, back in the book of Proverbs. And that excellent spirit means someone who has a cool or a calm spirit. A man of understanding, a man or a woman who kind of understands what God's purposes are, understand that God's in charge, they can have an excellent spirit, a calm spirit. That reminds me of a passage of Scripture when the Bible tells us in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 5, let your moderation be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Do you know why you can be calm when everyone else is running around with their hair on fire? You can be calm because you know who's in charge. You know who's steering this thing. You know who is ultimately, he's not nervous, he doesn't slumber, he doesn't sleep, he's our shade, he's our preserver, he's the one who keeps us. Hey, if he's in charge, I'm okay. I don't have to be uh, depressed, and if you're depressed, or you're stressed, you're too blessed to be stressed. You've got to realize how good God is, and we're going to go there in a moment. But here he says, he that hath a man of understanding hath a, an excellent spirit. You know how you can have an excellent spirit? is when you understand who God is and who you are, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. All right, let's look at one more, and that is a wounded spirit. The Bible says a wounded spirit, chapter 18 and verse number 14, who can bear? And no doubt, uh, there are things of life that cause us to be wounded. Well, that's a, that's a little bit of the background. I wanted to share with you a couple thoughts I have tonight about how we can learn to control our spirit. You know, one thing that, uh, that will help us kind of control our passion, our, our, our fortitude, our strength, our will, is, is an understanding of who God is. For that, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 115. Would you turn there? Psalm 115. I think this will help you. I want to encourage you to turn there. Psalm 115. The first way, to, I think, to understand and how to, to control my spirit is to study the greatness of God. Study, uh, understand. If a man who understands can have a calm and excellent spirit, then what do we need to understand? Number one, if you understand God, the Bible tells us, and today I heard Brother Mark Bushy in one of our meetings says, if a man's going to brag about something, brag about this, that you understand and you know God. If you understand God, you've got something to brag about. If you don't understand God, I don't care how many other things you've got, you have nothing to say. As they say today, you've got nothing. And that's true. But when we understand God, then we can have a calm and excellent spirit. You know, how are you when difficult things come? Do you take them in stride? Are you, are you stressed out? Are you going crazy? You know something that can help you with your spirit? is if you understood who's in charge. Who's got his hand on the, on the thermostat and his eye on the thermometer? If you understand who's at the steering wheel, you can calm down. You can actually 
ride in the back seat and rest while he drives. You can relax. My wife's a good driver. In long trips, she likes to drive. And I like to let her drive. That's what Acts chapter 27, you just let her drive. And when she drives, I'm comfortable. Matter of fact, I'm almost comfortable with anyone driving. I'm not so sure about some of my adult children, but uh, some other folks, I let them drive. And when I let them drive, then I can read, I can rest, I can talk on the phone, I can look over some things for a message I'm going to speak on, I can do other things and be at peace because I'm comfortable with the driver. You know, when I'm comfortable with how God is steering things, I think we find a much better way. Let's look at this about our God. Psalm 115, let's look at verse number three. This is the first one I want you to see. Can you read it out loud with me? Verse three, but our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. I remember in the wee hours of, uh, of August the 16th in 2008, I just found out that our 17-year-old son went to live with Jesus. And uh, I was thinking about how it was going to affect me. I remember going to a little chair. It was a green little uh, lazy boy chair in our living room. And I sat there with my Bible open. I had heard a preacher preach several times in the last uh, few weeks prior to that. And I remember him reading this verse, and it really resonated with me. And I opened my Bible, and I looked at Psalm 115, verse number 3. Our God is in the heaven. He hath done whatsoever he pleased. You know, that speaks of the providence and sovereignty of God. He's the boss. He's the owner of the universe. He is in the heavens. Someone said that God is the ruler of the universe. You may have a different opinion how things ought to go, but you don't have a universe. <laughs> he is the boss. You know what will help us calm our spirit in difficult times? It'll just, it'll, it'll mellow you out real fast. If you'll understand that you have a God in the heavens and he does whatever he wants and you can trust him. So he's sovereign. That's the first thing you understand about God. He doesn't answer to you. We answer to him. He is the one who makes the rules. We're the one who live by the rules. His commandments are not grievous. But he is God, and he is in the heavens. He's done whatsoever he pleased. Number two, I want you to know just about God. Would you look at chapter, or Psalm 115 again? Look down there, and for sake of time, uh, you can see the contrast between the real God and idols in the other ones there. But for sake of time, look at verse number 11. Ye that fear the Lord, those who recognize God as who he is, that's what fear means, to recognize his presence. He said, when you recognize the Lord, you fear the Lord, Trust in the Lord. If you recognize him, then trust him. He is their help and their shield. We find that, that the Lord, not only is he sovereign, but he's a shield. What's a shield do? It protects you. What is a, he helps us. He's sensitive to our weakness. Look at the next verse, verse number uh, 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. Who is God? How can I calm down? How can I not be so stressed out? If you'll understand the sovereignty of God. Understand the sensitivity of God. He is mindful of you. He thinks about you. Another pastor of scripture says, our God is poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh about us. He thinks about you. His thoughts towards you are beyond number. He cares about you. You're a single mom, he knows where you are. You're a single dad, he knows where you are. 
You're struggling with your making your ends meet. God knows where you are. He loves you. Regardless of man, woman, small, great. Let's keep reading. See what we see about our God. First of all, he's sovereign. Number two, he's a shield. He's someone who can protect you. Number three, he's very sensitive to us. He's very sensitive. He knows. He's mindful of us. He, you're on his mind. Someone said when, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. But I was on his mind on the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know why he endured the cross? Because he knew you were coming. <laughs> he knew you would have sin that needed to be paid for. So he was thinking about you. Who is God? He is sovereign. He's the boss. Uh, he owns the universe. He's in the heavens. He does whatever he wants, and he has every right to do it. He doesn't owe me anything, not even an explanation. So calm down. Why? Because he is in charge. Number two, he's a shield. Number three, he's sensitive to you and your needs. Look at the next verse. The Bible tells us that he is mindful. Verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will what? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Verse 13, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. He is not prejudiced. He is not biased. He is not a respecter of person. He said, if you recognize me, I'll recognize you. I will bless you. Oh, we see that God is a sustaining God. He is a God who helps us and he'll bless us. I think one of the greatest things we can do to rule our spirit is understand our God. Understand his sovereignty. Understand his, his protection, his shield. Understand his sensitivity to us. Understand his longing to make us successful. I don't know everything about God, but I know this about being a dad. Every one of those kids that call me daddy, I want them to be successful. I want them to succeed. I want them to marry well. I want them to be able to provide for their family. I want them to be protective. I want them to be, uh, be used of the Lord. I want them to be successful. Hey, listen, God has that for you as well. That's the kind of God we serve. And he's in the heavens. He's good. He's gracious. So relax. Let your spirit be controlled with the first thought is that God, who God is understanding. If an understanding, a man of understanding will have an excellent spirit, he needs to understand about God. I would also say real quickly is that we ought to have faith in God. Faith is trusting God enough to obey him. Just do. If you know he's supposed to do it, do it. If you know he's supposed to forgive someone, forgive them. Don't keep the grudge. If you know you're supposed to give, give. If you know you're supposed to witness, witness. If you, whatever God wants you to do. If you know you're supposed to apologize, apologize. Whatever God wants you to do, you're, you're going to find that your spirit will be adjusted as you do what is right. The Bible says, he that knows the doctrine, he that does the doctrine, understands the doctrine. When you do what God wants you to do, you exercise faith. Faith is not just a fuzzy, wuzzy feeling you have. It's doing what God wants you to do. Whatever he's told you to do, faith is trusting God enough to obey him. Let me encourage you to do that. I don't know where you are, Christian. But I want to challenge you on this night. What's your spirit like? You know, I uh, wrote down this thought. I'm going to read it to you. We can judge our spiritual strength by how easily 
we uh, respond and are upset by a circumstance. Because a man of understanding has an excellent spirit, even through bad circumstances. That has to do with how I see and understand God, how I understand me, how I understand my responsibilities. If you're watching tonight, you're a child of God, you find yourself stressed out, you don't have to be. Can I encourage you? Maybe take a few moments to look in Psalm 115, Psalm 116. Pick two chapters of the Bible and read them and learn some things about God. Maybe even document, write down some things about His character. You'll find that He's all that you need. All that you need is your faith in Him. He's a sovereign God, but He's a securing God. He's a sensitive God. He thinks about you. He wants your success. He will bless you. You get close to Him, He's not saying, well, I'll bless Him, but I'm not going to bless Him. Small and great. Anybody who will give Him attention, He'll give you attention. Trust Him. If you're watching tonight, you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. I want to talk to you for a moment. Can you look here, if you would? I want to encourage you, if you do not know for sure when life's over that you have eternal life, you're not sure that you have peace with God, and, and if you were to stand before Him tonight, do you know for sure that you would be in His presence for the rest of eternity? Eternity is an awful long time. And God offers us eternal life. He so loved the world. That means He loves you. He loves me. That He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus did for you what you cannot do for yourself. One thing we can't do for ourselves, we can't earn our way to heaven. It's not possible. Everyone who goes to heaven goes to heaven because they accept the gift of eternal life in the person of Jesus. Have you done that? It was a great day in my life when someone took a Bible and showed me, John, you're a sinner. I, I knew that. You deserve hell. I did not like that, but I agreed. I saw it in black and white. The Bible says in death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The wages of sin is death. But I was glad. The gospel has four points. The first two are negative. The next one is wonderfully positive. Is that Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. God so loved me he gave his only begotten son. Have you accepted that gift of eternal life? I remember when I did it. Oh, it wasn't hard. Accepting the gift is not difficult. It takes humility. But don't let pride or procrastination. It takes a decision. Don't put it off. If God's dealing in your heart, accept the gift of eternal life. Right now where you are. If you say, Pastor, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell. I don't want to go there. I know that Jesus died. He was buried and rose again. I believe that. The Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Would you tell God right now from your heart and with your mouth, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. You're my only hope. I accept your gift of eternal life. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Save me right now. If that's your prayer to God, I believe that he's very sensitive to hear the prayers. He said, whosoever, anyone, we call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you trusted the Lord as your Savior, we want to help you grow in the Lord. The number on the screen and is for someone to talk to you specifically. 
You can call and they'll say hello, First Baptist Church Ministries, and they can take your call. We'd love to send you this little booklet called Understanding Salvation. If you don't have it, we want you to have it. We'll send it to you at your home. Be no cost to you. We'd like for you to understand what salvation means. We'd like to rejoice with you. We'd like to talk to you about that. Pray with you. We're happy you join the family of God. We're happy that you're born to God's family, but you need to grow. Babies always need help. It's your birthday if you accepted Jesus Christ, or you need to. May the Lord help you get the information you need. Call us right now. If you're listening by way of the radio, call 219-932-0711. Some will take your call. If they don't call right, if you, if you get busy, call right back. We'll do our best to respond quickly to help you.